0: When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com put a Silverado in your toolbox. All right, here we go. Reg, are you ready to go? I am. <clears throat> no delay. No delay. Let's just go right to it. I'm a little nasal today. Are you hearing that? Yeah. A little nasal. How do you get a cold in the summer? 78 degrees, although it has been a little cool the last, but uh, who knows? And I wear my mask. I'm still wearing my mask, but anyway, we'll be fine. Are you ready to go? Put it in the book, episode 316. All right. Here we go. I'll give you the three S's. I'll give you the countdown. You give me the music of your podcast. Let's do it. All right. Trigger, figure, ready? <laughs> okay. You know when to hit the music now, right? Okay. Here we go. Star Smile Strong. Three, two, one. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, All right, here we go again. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. Uh, no, 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 no. That, that, we got to do it again. Here we go. Yeah, the music wasn't cued. You ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there as I've said many times, that's not enough. Get out there, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's, Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. If you like what you hear, don't forget, go to WGNRadio.com, go to the prompt for this podcast, and you will find... A plethora of podcasts is waiting for you to binge on. According to my counts, we have done 315 podcasts since May of 2016. So there's enough for you to spend almost a year, right? 315 of those. So, about 365 days in a year. Almost a year. If you listen to one a day, it'll get you through at least through October, right? That should keep you entertained for 10 months. (laughs) So welcome to 316. 316. Episode 316. What I wanted to talk about today... And I hope you will um, excuse uh, my instrument is a little hoarse today. I've had some vocal issues. I've been doing this play for the last four weeks, and uh, it's pretty taxing on the body and the voice. And so um, by the time this posts, the the show will have finished. But um, I still have a few more days left as I'm recording this. So I do have to uh be careful. Um thankfully I haven't lost my voice, but it uh, it's a little less strong than it has than it usually is, but hopefully it's coming back and as I I'll have a few more shows to finish this weekend of the play uh before I um before we finish. But anyway, it's it's still fine. It's not it's not scratchy or raspy. I'm not sounding like uh like Rod Stewart or anything. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a tad nasal i can i could feel i feel it i don't know if you hear it but i i can feel a tad nasal i used to know him by the way tad nasal <laughs> he was a he was a nose an ear nose and throat doctor anyway so, did you this uh, this uh, little news item this week? I found interesting because I also had some personal connection to it. As crazy as that may sound, I don't know if you saw the the news this week or over the last couple of weeks, but an interesting um, edict was um, was put out that affects a whole industry and. It's interesting how in today's social media world, um, reaction can build and it can affect decisions. And in the midst of a couple of days, um, this story has changed directions a couple of times. So whether you like social media or not, you cannot deny um, its, its influence. And certainly, businesses uh, are always attuned to where the audience is going, and uh, and, and and business reputation, and and the way that uh, people um, think of a company in terms of interacting with them and doing business with them. You know, the social media gives so many the opportunity to opine on any issue today and if you are in the business of catering to the public um you can you can certainly uh, dig your heels in and say uh, well we we've made our decision and that's our decision and that's your that's your right but also know that the uh, the public has a right to their opinion and they don't have to patronize your business And they don't have to think well of you if you do something that they don't agree with. And so if you are interested in the long term of creating a good, positive relationship with your audience and with the public, then you will listen to other opinions. And. And you may will may well listen to social media reaction, and you may well, <clears throat> if not change, you may at least amend some of your previous decisions if you feel that um, it those decisions may be harmful. You may have been surprised by the reaction, and I think every smart business leader does that, especially in today's world. Uh, there should be no decisions that are that are etched in stone. Um, We live in a world where, whether it's right or wrong today, um, everybody's got an opinion. And if enough people have that opinion, it can affect how a massive amount of people think about something. And it doesn't take long anymore. It used to take a while, but it's, it's almost immediate. And so here would be, here in my mind was actually just a little quirky kind of uh, story that you wouldn't think would drum up even a lot of response one way or the other. Um, But it certainly did uh, within this niche segment. And ultimately, um, the negative reaction to it seems to have, as I said before, not changed it completely but seems to have altered it a bit and 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 amended the original hard fast decision that was made and you say my gosh jim this sounds like it's uh this is pretty big stuff i mean is this something to do about ukraine is this something to do about uh, inflation is this something to do about um uh you know uh, covid i mean wow this sounds like this is what was this decision that is going to affect so many people and that so many people were reacting to and, and, and did not want to accept? It must be something that's life or death, right? <laughs> well, in today's world, <clears throat> certain issues don't need to be life and death to take on prominence. The Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial certainly proves that. <laughs> did you think that that was going to be such a big deal? Did you think that that trial was going to uh, attract so much attention and so much interest by the public? <laughs> I was shocked by that, to be honest. I mean, it, it, once again, it, you know, it's, it's summer, so a lot of news doesn't break. So if there is something of prominence, especially uh, involving a celebrity, It tends to get an elevated sense of importance in our media. But wow, a defamation lawsuit, which does not, you know, this is purely words, right? This is libel and definition. So nobody got physically hurt here, allegedly. That was part of the, the defamation suit, actually, with Johnny Depp, that he allegedly abused her. Um... But you know, this isn't like O.J. Simpson or something where where people were killed. This was a lawsuit that was basically about a he says she says kind of thing, involving two rich people, two celebrities. Um, But wow, um, did that dominate the news for a while? And 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 to be serious, and to be in all honesty, I, I thought that Johnny Depp was kind of on a downfall anyway career-wise. I didn't know how popular he was. He's still obviously popular with women. No question about that. I'm not sure how uh, how many guys were reacting to this, but women, i mean, there were women outside waiting in the court, outside the courthouse to cheer every day for Johnny. So I guess that's good for him. His career, it seemed to be going on a, on a downward spiral even before these allegations that Amber Heard had, um, had lab- leveled against him a few years ago. And, he was, and because of those allegations, he was removed from a couple of films, but his movies hadn't been doing all that well at the box office uh, for the last couple of years. And he's getting close to 60 years old now, which is not old, but it is when you're competing against uh, you know 25-year-olds or 30-year-olds. But once again, number one movie right now around the world, not just the United States, around the world. Is headed up by a person who's over sixty years old, Tom Cruise, with that new Top Gun movie. So, some of these actors and actresses, especially actors, they seem to have some staying power. Well into their sixties in these days. So who knows? But um, but anyway, so no, this was not. I'm not talking about the Johnny Depp story here. And sadly, given all the uh, the reaction to the story, I want to talk about uh, it has nothing to do with Ukraine. Has nothing to do with, you know, countries fighting other countries or invading other countries. It has nothing to do with COVID. It has nothing to do with the the pandemic. It has nothing to do with inflation. It has nothing to do about gas prices. Things that you would think are really important. No. And but this story that got so much attention and so much feedback that it actually altered the decision. <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> was about the potential. Ending of Elvis Presley weddings in Las Vegas. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard or ever been to one of these. But it is a huge industry in Las Vegas. Everybody knows that Vegas is the wedding capital of the world. People go to Las Vegas for quickie weddings. They have drive through weddings. They have... Wedding chapels everywhere people are I don't know how I mean it must be. I, mean, I know that you know Vegas you know now since gambling is so prevalent around the whole country, um, I don't know how how caught up in the moment people get anymore. but the wedding chapel industry in Vegas in Las Vegas has always been one of the the more lucrative businesses. Believe it or not, because I think, you know, it Vegas is, is 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 still, but it may be not as much because, as I said before, you can get a lot of the same entertainment and, and now gambling in other cities around the country. But for a long time, it was sort of Vegas was you know considered sin city and people would get caught up in the moment. Of the excitement and the neon and the gambling and the, the shows and the restaurants and just the overall vibe of Vegas, this kind of, you know, hot toddling town with sins and excitement and gambling and and whatever you wanted to do, you had whole, you know that whole phrase, "What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas." That whole thing, and people would get caught up in that and uh, would either. Get married on the spur of the moment or view Vegas with some, you know, a kitschy kind of unique thing. Instead of having your your uh, traditional church wedding, they wanted to do something different and they want to get a little kitschy. And so, of course, they'd go to Vegas and, and get married at one of the many chapels. And uh, because Elvis Presley in the late 60s and early 70s uh, became a staple in Las Vegas and really was... Uh, responsible for a great renaissance, not only for his career at the time, but for Las Vegas, which was at that time viewed as more of a older crowd kind of place to go. Elvis brought rock and roll to Las Vegas. Before Elvis, um, you know, Vegas was dominated by the more older established uh, performers of the day. Like Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis jr and dean martin and 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 that kind of uh you know type of entertainment, and Elvis brought you know his rock and roll show and his his white capes and his big belt buckles and his karate moves and took Vegas by storm and and set all types of uh of uh, of records for attendance um, and really sort of it only not only helped his career have a a huge boost, but it also did sort of change the personality of Las Vegas. And, um, so Elvis definitely had a major impact on Vegas and is associated with Las Vegas in many ways. And, um, after his death in 1977, the cottage industry of Elvis Presley impersonators almost grew overnight. And, because Vegas is filled with glitz and glamour, but it's also filled with a lot of kitsch, a lot of quirky things, a lot of odd but true kind of things. It was the perfect place. Somebody had a great idea because Elvis is, was, was so prominent in Las Vegas and because Elvis it had, it has a kitschy kind of, um, of reputation and um, because he has such a huge fan base, this whole idea of having elvis perform your wedding became an attraction at las vegas and soon elvis presley wedding chapels or wedding chapels not necessarily sanctioned by elvis but uh or elvis's estate but wedding chapels began to have people officiating over weddings dressed as elvis they'd have elvis impersonators do the wedding ceremony and then you know sing love me tender or i can't help falling in love or whatever elvis song you wanted to play and it became a very popular um kind of uh of wedding ceremony and it has been now as i said elvis died in 1977 so what the heck that's uh you know, 46 years ago now? No, 45 years ago. 45 years ago. Wow. In fact, this year will be the 40. Wow. This year will be the 45th um, anniversary of Elvis's death. Wow. I didn't even know that. But yeah, 1977 um, and 45 is 2022. So, but um, so. This has been a very lucrative and kitschy and popular thing in Vegas. It's part of the attraction of Vegas. It's, it's part of the fabric of Vegas. Even if you don't want to get married there, you can probably go into an Elvis chapel and just watch an Elvis wedding be done. It's just part of the, the, the appeal of the craziness that is Las Vegas. All bets are off. It's such a crazy place that even Elvis Presley will, you know, will, will officiate your wedding. And so it's been a very popular um, and, as I said before, lucrative and revenue generating business in Las Vegas. Not just for people that uh, want to get a quickie marriage, but they want to do something kind of di- different and fun. Now, um, the Elvis Presley estate, um, it, 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 the Elvis, the entire Elvis image, is it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting reality right now with Elvis. Um, after he died in 1977, at 42 years old, um, you know there was worldwide grief and outcry. His home in uh, in Memphis, Graceland, has become a major tourist attraction. Um, and once again um Elvis impersonators began to crop up all over the place there were Elvis shows that became a, a pretty popular um you know concert attraction were Elvis impersonators certainly for the for a good 15 or 20 years now as time has gone on Elvis's fan base has obviously grown older and Elvis's um influence has waned a little, not with his major fans, but overall, I, I would venture to say that anybody <clears throat> under the age of 30 um, has very little knowledge of Elvis Presley at all. And if they do, sadly, it's of the exaggerated, parodied kind of view of Elvis with the with the big sideburns and the big hair and the big glasses and the and the and the white jumpsuits with the half capes and not the cool elvis who started rock and roll for the mainstream the cool elvis of 1955 and 1956 and 1957 who was you know singing that's all right mama and things like that sadly most elvis impersonators go for the glitzy obvious, over-the-top Elvis, and so for many younger people, that's who Elvis is, and they probably see that and go, this looks pretty goofy. Why would anybody want to be excited about this guy? They, they They probably don't even hear the music all that often of Elvis's music, but they see these exaggerated impersonations of Elvis, as I said before, with the big black wigs and the the giant mutton chop uh, sideburns and the TCB, uh, you know, lightning bolt, uh, taking care of business. Thank you very much. Uh, and that kind of 70s Elvis. And, and then, sadly, Elvis, you know, went through some major health problems, and, um, which ultimately killed him. Not only uh, drug dependencies, but, uh, you know, obesity. And that's the Elvis that many people see today, especially if you're a younger person. And they're probably like, well, what the heck is that? So t- sadly, Elvis's reputation and image, I think, has suffered some. There are some people who still remember the cool Elvis from the 50s or even the cool Elvis from the Vegas years years, and even the cool Elvis from the famous uh, satellite uh, concert from Hawaii, in the early 70s or of course the the comeback special of 1968 which is still probably his greatest um you know full-length concert was the elvis special that outfound found elvis going back to his roots wearing a leather jacket and looking cool and looking good and playing those early songs like blue suede shoes and um you know, And That's All Right Mama and a lot of the early rock songs that, that, that helped bring rock and roll into the mainstream. But sadly, the Elvis impersonators have really, while they've kept the Elvis image alive, they haven't really done him any favors, which I think has really, sadly, led to a diminished view and a diminished legacy of Elvis Presley. Yes, people still know his name, but I don't think a younger generation fully uh, appreciates Elvis's music and what he meant to our culture. The Beatles have done an expert job of placing themselves in a an historical, um, uh, an important historical uh, position. As well as the music, the Beatles' music certainly still holds up, but they've done a great job of of continuing their cultural importance and their coolness when they were the Fab Four through all their different incarnations of the of the lovable mop tops of the early '60s and and the freak and the and the in the, the the hippie um, you know the hippie dippy uh, peace love uh, Beatles of the of the mid '60s to the late 60s, and then kind of even during their breakup, the kind of disgruntled, scruffy Beatles, they've still been able to to keep that cool image of them as a cultural icon as well as a musical icon. But I don't think Elvis has been able to do that. Elvis's music is not heard in general as much as you hear Beatle music. Um, And as I said, image-wise, Elvis kind of looks like, like a parody of himself. So as much as these Elvis impersonators may be huge Elvis fans and that they feel that they are helping to keep his legacy alive, I believe that the Elvis impersonators have probably done Elvis more harm than good because... They've they've made him look like a, almost like a clown, like a cartoon character. And uh, and then Graceland, in you know his home is this, you know this mansion. It's not that big of a mansion, I guess in in some in in some day. I mean, there's there's bigger houses now in the suburbs that they when they they tear down a small house. There's some houses, these McMansions, that are bigger than Graceland. If you ever go to Graceland, and I've been to Graceland a couple of times, it's a nice house. There's a lot of land, and it's right on a main street. Um, but it's not like it's not uh, it's not like San Simeon. It's not Hearst Castle. There's a lot of land there, but the house itself is rather small, to be honest. A lot of rooms, but the rooms aren't all that big. Uh. But it was where Elvis lived. And so I think um, over the last several years, uh, the Elvis Presley estate has been looking ahead and saying, you know, um, the whole Elvis Presley legacy has been a multi-million dollar business for now 45 years after he died. Elvis has been has generated much more money since he's dead than he was alive. And he generated a lot of money when he was alive. But his diehard fan base and turning him into this tourist attraction for Memphis um, has certainly generated hundreds of millions of dollars over the last 45 years since his death. But I would argue in the last 15 or 20 years, Elvis's um, real importance, I believe, has gone down, and in some cases, even disappeared. I I wonder if you talk to people um, in their 20s or 30s and ask them to name five Elvis songs, I wonder if they could. I wonder if they could. Now, his fan base is still around, but it's dwindling. Time is passing. They're passing away, and so for the Elvis Presley estate, it's, it's their job to make sure that Elvis can connect and relate to a new generation so that Elvis is remembered as the 21st century continues. I think the Beatles, as I said before, have done an, a, an excellent job of um, assuring their not only their place in history, which is undeniable, but they've also done a good job of assuring that they will transcend into the future, that they will not be forgotten or just be a footnote but that they will continue to be quote-unquote relevant it'll be interesting to see in the, in the next you know 10 years or so um no spoiler alert here Uh you know sadly to say, there's only two Beatles left in the next 10 years there's a good chance that paul mccartney and ringo starr may pass away it'll be interesting to see when the, when they are no longer here then all four Beatles will will be gone and it will be interesting to see um what happens to the Beatle legacy? Will will the the fact that they pass away even elevate it even more? It will be interesting. But Elvis, I think, has taken a hit um, in his legacy, his music, and um, and his life, and certainly his demise. And as I said before, these Elvis impersonators, which uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. They've kept his, they've kept his memory and his image alive, but they, they've kept, it, but the image that they chose to keep alive is not necessarily one that is all that admirable. And so, over the last several years, the Elvis Presley estate has, I thought, I, I think, has realized this, and they've been trying to rejuvenate and revamp and reinvent Elvis for a new generation to make him more relatable Lisa Marie his only daughter sold all the rights to Graceland to a, a another company that was going to you know promote it and and, and build it up and I, and it's been a while since I've been to Graceland but I, from what I understand I haven't been there in a while but some friends have been there recently and Even from the last time I was there was probably 10 or 15 years ago, and and even now the whole area surrounding Graceland is even – it was built up when I was there, and there were vans that took you there from across the street and all that. But even now, there's even more there, so they've certainly invested money in the Graceland property and surrounding area to make that a – an upscale and worthy tourist attraction. But more importantly, you're not going to go see grace and you're not going to be in, you're not going to want to see where Elvis lived if you don't have some connection to Elvis. So while it's fine to renovate or, or expand on the Graceland tourist attraction, the key is to make people want to uh, know about and, and like Elvis that, It's what will drive them. That's what drove them initially to Graceland. And that's what will keep them going to Graceland. Now, that's a little trickier. As I said before, um, not only do we have much more influences in music and options, but, you know, Elvis, the 1955, right? That's when Elvis first started. All right, that's 67 years ago. You know, that's a long time ago. And so, are people in today's world, in today's culture, do they care about anything that happened 67 years ago? We all know millennials don't really care what happened five minutes ago. And as I said, it doesn't help that these Elvis impersonators are walking around with these giant mutton chops and, you know, in glittery white jumpsuits. And the music has gotten lost too, which is a shame. So um, I believe now that there is a new company that is, has once again bought the rights to Elvis's likeness, called Authentic Brands Group. And their job they spent a, I'm sure they spent a good buck is to rejuvenate and reestablish Elvis's image and his legacy, and ultimately his coolness. Elvis was the ultimate cool guy at the time in the 50s, and the goal now is to reestablish that because Elvis is kind of, as I said before, kind of kitschy. And so, and a lot of things have been happening. Um, A few years ago, there was a a documentary about Elvis that was produced by John Landau, who is uh, Bruce Springsteen's manager. I think it was called The Searcher. Uh, it, it tried to, to um, it was a serious documentary talking about Elvis, the man, and his music. It, it, it was a, it was, it was, I think it was a very deliberate goal to once again put the, to take the emphasis off the, sh, the, the kitschy Elvis, the flash Elvis, the pop culture Elvis, and put the emphasis back on the musical Elvis and the importance of that Elvis played in the culture in the, in the 50s to change things, to give voice to, to a teenage, um, audience that was never given, uh, much attention in our culture and to really bring rock and roll to the mainstream. Now, Elvis does take some hits by some people, especially in today's can- cancel culture, culture, um, because Elvis did record many of his songs were old blues or bluegrass songs that were written and performed by black artists. And um you know many people accuse Elvis of co-opting the black music because he was white, especially in a very kind of black and white segregated time in America's history in the 50s, before the civil rights movement started in the sixties. Elvis, along with some other uh, people like Pat Boone, sang a lot of Little Richard songs. There were a lot of white artists when, after Elvis, started to find these, these this black music that was not being played on white radio stations, especially in the South. But if a white person sang them, and 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 kind of, uh, you know, made them a little more toned down. They were great songs. They were great songs. So they still were hits. But many of these black artists never got the recognition and especially they never got the money that they deserved. So Elvis sort of falls into that category in many of his early songs um, for sort of co-opting it. But once again, it's, it's hard to take people out of their time and while you can look at Elvis like, oh, well, you know, he ripped off black artists and he co-opted the black culture, um, at the same time, he also broke ground because this music would never have been heard. So what would you rather have? Um, if there's somebody that can help expose these artists, these black artists and these black music to a, a bigger crowd, the system is the system. Sadly, especially at that time, segregation was very real. Elvis, along with his producer, Sam Phillips, found a way to bring this music that was popular and and needed exposure, but was not getting it because of the racism and the segregation. So they found this appealing, good-looking, good singer, white guy, Elvis to be the deliverer of that music, at least expose that music. And so you can argue that you know, Elvis co-opted the black music, but you can also argue that if not for Elvis, we would not be aware of Little Richard and we would not be aware of Chuck Berry. They wouldn't have had a chance because he exposed this music, and then people began to dig deeper and say, "Well, well, well, where did this music come from?" And so, more black entertainers then did rise because of Elvis. So it's a complicated legacy, especially in today's world with, with the cancel culture and and and, and all these uh, you know this, this kind of uh, utopian view of the way things are and, and 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 a, and a bashing of anything that was in the past. So Elvis has a complicated legacy at the outset now in in looking through the prism of 2020 and, and, and the way many people view things. So that's complicated. Then add to it the fact that he made these kind of schlocky movies, which had some good songs, but they were really horrible movies. Once again, they're kitsch value movies. And so you say, well, that was a bad time. And then you look at the Elvis of the, late, the last three or four years of his life, a kind of a drugged-out, hazy, bloated Elvis, and you go, well, what's the legacy here? Why, what's the big deal then? Why, what are we celebrating? So it's a complicated legacy. But you cannot also, you cannot deny the impact he had on people Elvis, when he was on the Ed Sullivan Show, which was was just like the Beatles, you know, several years later. But when Elvis appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show, and he appeared on other shows before, but I, but the Ed, Ed Sullivan Show was so popular, and, and everyone watched it that when he appeared on that show, he literally changed many young kids' lives. He certainly changed the looks of people. Oh, the next day, people were wearing their hair like Elvis, slick back. You know, big pompadours. People were forming bands. They were singing. Um, Elvis had a huge, huge impact on our culture. Before Elvis, children and teenagers, what they thought and what they liked was not really important. It was a, an adult-dominated society. The likes and the uh, the demands of teenagers were not given much importance in our culture at that time. Children were still meant to be seen and not heard. They were they were meant to like what their parents like. They were meant to grow up and be like their parents. And Elvis portrayed this this new music with a different beat and a different sound and and he looked dangerous and he looked rebellious and that fed into the teenage angst that was not being allowed to either grow or be accepted but Elvis broke that barrier, and suddenly teenagers were a force. And there's no argument. The Beatles loved Elvis Presley. The Beatles were greatly influenced by Elvis Presley. So if you're a Beatle fan, you should go back and listen to Elvis music because Elvis and Chuck Berry and those black artists whose music and and, and, and um you know, and Carl Perkins, um, not a black guy, but um, you know, was a huge influence on George Harrison. The Beatles were hugely influenced by Little Richard, and 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 Elvis, and Chuck Berry, and and Carl Perkins. Those act, those artists wouldn't be there if not for Elvis. Elvis, Elvis brought those people in that music to prom- prominence. He lifted all the boats so you cannot deny his influence not only for himself and on the culture at the time <clears throat> but what his culture then what his what his influence cult, um influenced years later and so here we are in 2022 45 years after his death and um and we're in a transitional period on so many different things in our culture right now. We're, we're, we're really, there's a lot of churn going on. We don't know what, we're we, we trying to figure so many things out right now. It, it's such, a, it's such a, an uncertain time. And, and one of the things is what, what from the 20th century is going to continue on in the 21st century? There's no question Elvis Presley is one of the most important figures in the 20th century. Not just musically, culturally. Around the world, and not just the United States, that's just a fact. but does that influence does that importance have relevance in the twenty first century well certainly if you are a if you've got a vested interest <laughs> in in revenue <laughs> uh, if you own the rights to Elvis's likeness or you own something that elvis's record um you know his record publishing, whatever. You you certainly want Elvis's music and his his image and his legacy to continue on because it's a revenue generator. So how do you make Elvis Presley relevant in 2022? And can you? So over the last couple of years, I think there the, the Elvis Presley estate has has realized that there's there's been a problem here. And so you are seeing some major steps to to rejuvenate, as I said before, the whole Elvis Presley legacy. So there was this, um, there have been, you know, every so often you hear an Elvis song, you know, in some commercial, you still see Elvis things in stores, right? You know, little trinkets. There was this documentary a couple years ago put together by John Landau, who was a very well-known music critic before he became Bruce Springsteen's manager. And Bruce Springsteen, uh, is clearly and 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 unashamedly uh talks about when he saw Elvis on you know you know he was an Elvis fan and uh and you know, he wasn't even all that old but you know certainly the beatles changed everything for him but but Elvis is a major influence uh on him and uh and most most baby boomer rock stars today who are in their 70s and 80s are all influenced by Elvis, no question. But how do you make him relevant in 2022? Well, um, as I said before, they're doing some renovation on Graceland. They're trying to get his music a little more. There's a you know serious uh, music channel, All Elvis. Um, there was this documentary. And um, most recently, there was a... Uh, uh, now a film is out is coming out that's uh, directed by well known director Baz Luhrmann who did Moulin Rouge and some other things, and the goal is to really tell the Elvis story in a cool, hip, contemporary way. And the the movie is getting mixed reviews as to because Baz Luhrmann really always you know exaggerates reality, but no question that having a movie about Elvis. Is out that will be out there, and the actor who's playing Elvis is getting very good reviews, it will at least expose the music and the hysteria and the time to show just how cool Elvis was. Which brings us to my topic here. This authentic brands group, which owns the likeness to Elvis, is wanting to once again shift this legacy get the kitschiness away of it and get some respect and some coolness back not cool not kitschy cool but cool cool there's a difference they want him to be respected they want him to they want him to be viewed with with admiration like the Beatles, by even by a younger generation and so one of the things they probably looked around and said well what's hurting What's hurting the Elvis image right now? I'm sure they sat down in a in a meeting room and had many discussions. Okay, let's okay we've got we've got the we've got the rights to the to the likeness of Elvis. What are the good points? What are the bad points? How do we elevate the good points? How do we downplay or eliminate the bad points? And the overall image of what with people think? I'm sure they did focus groups with different ages. You know who is Elvis? What is Elvis? What do you think about when you think of Elvis? You know, and so I'm I I I I don't know this for a fact, but I've always suspected this, and this latest story to seems to confirm what I've always felt, because out of the blue. But certainly a major effort to rejuvenate the Elvis Presley brand, the Elvis Presley image, especially now with this new movie coming out, which will get a lot of um, attention. This, This company called Authentic Brands Group, which owns the rights, sent a cease and desist order to all of the Elvis chapels in Las Vegas, basically saying, we own the rights to Elvis, and you don't, and you cannot do these Elvis weddings anymore because I'm sure in their minds they're looking at it like it's it's kitschy, it's 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 denigrating Elvis, it's making him a joke. You know, there's there's no Beatles chapels, right? <laughs> so nobody's dressed up like Paul McCartney and and doing in the Fab Four and and doing a wedding. Why? Because there's respect for the Beatles, but Elvis has has sadly fallen into this this weird little area, this kitschy area, and so this this company is saying we need to we need to alter this. We want to we want Elvis to be respected, and 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 these Elvis weddings are not helping that. They're just reinforcing this this clownish, this silly, this kitschy image of Elvis, which is which has helped decrease the respect that people have for his music and for him as a person and diminish his legacy for the future and even in the past with many people. So they sent out a cease and desist order a couple of weeks ago to all the the uh, the Elvis chapels in Las Vegas. I guess they just were like, look, we... If we're going to do this, we got to do this right, and we think that these Elvis chapels are not helping the Elvis brand. They are not helping the Elvis legacy. They are hurting the Elvis legacy. Well, I mean, it, it, it's a it's it's a little once again, right? It, it falling in line. It's a kitschy story. It's an interesting little story, but I didn't think it would have any staying power. But sure enough, apparently, this uh, these these Elvis weddings, these Elvis related weddings are big business in Vegas. And so obviously in Las Vegas, there was a huge outcry, not only by the people that run these Elvis chapels, that, that, that hire these Elvis impersonators to officiate over people's weddings, which is, a, as I said before, a pretty good business. Not only were the business owners upset, the mayor of Las Vegas was upset, saying that this was going to be a devastating act to the town and uh you know so the, you know suddenly this was not just a a pop culture issue this was a, a, a civil a civic issue the government of las vegas getting involved and of course as i said before in the, in the in this world of social media opinions Elvis fans then came out of the woodwork. Las Vegas fans came out of the woodwork. Everybody was, there was a huge outcry against this. Some people that probably had no vested interest in Elvis at all and probably weren't even Elvis fans, but felt like you can't just get rid of Elvis weddings. That's a part of Vegas and, and whatever. So suddenly this authentic brands group looks like the villain. In an effort to rejuvenate Elvis's image, this edict, this cease and desist order to try to ban all Elvis-related weddings, so in a bigger sense to somehow rejuvenate and revive his image in a more respectful way, was backfiring. The public was reacting in a negative way so much so that three or four days later this company had to sort of backtrack a little and now and I don't know if this is that maybe this was their bigger I mean I don't know once again you never know I talked last week about coincidences, coincidences, and and are there really coincidences, or are there just um, you know thinly veiled behind the scenes things that make things seem coincidental? Was this move really meant? The cease and desist order really meant to banish all Elvis weddings, or? Was it meant to bring some attention to Elvis weddings, to gauge public reaction, and possibly meant for a way then, since they do have the right to have the cease and desist, and since they they have the legal leverage to ban these, but did they try to find a way to get a piece of the Elvis chapel wedding business? Don't forget, these people are using Elvis's likeness and not really paying anyone for it. And these people own it. So is it a coincidence? Or was it, are they really backtracking? Or was this part of their original strategy to to first look like a hardline cease and desist, gauge public reaction? If it was negative, then they could come back to these Elvis chapels and say, well, look, maybe we won't. Ban them, but we'd like to be your partner. Hmm. Could that be the case? (laughs) I don't know, but it's certainly interesting how within a week they went from sending out cease and desist orders and banning, you know, future Elvis weddings to certainly to, to, to then, um, within a week, um, making overtures that they would be willing to partner with these Elvis chapels. So did they underestimate the public outcry and were they forced to change their decision? Or was their initial decision really part of a bigger strategy to find a way to become partners and get a little revenue from these Elvis chapels. Hmm, interesting. The reason why this is interesting to me is not only, I have a couple of reasons for my interest in this. First of all, I'm a huge fan of rock and roll music. And I am an Elvis fan. I'm not a crazy Elvis fan, but I'm an Elvis fan. And as I said to you before, you cannot dispute Elvis's impact and influence on our culture and certainly on rock and roll. Whether he was the correct vehicle to introduce rock and roll to the masses, in your view, he was the one that did it. And he he must get credit for that. And until the last 20 years or so, Elvis... Oh, let's say forty years. I mean, Elvis held every record, selling record that there is on the books, and concert attendance for the first twenty years from from the '50s through the '70s. Elvis dominated all the chart records, and you know milestones and the attendance records. I mean, he he was just a dominant, dominant, dominant force. You just cannot deny it. Both. In the music business, as I said before, culture. So I'm a fan of Elvis because I'm a fan of rock music, and I'm a fan of pop culture. So I, I recognize Elvis's importance in the timeline and in the development of that. Secondly, purely personal, I share a birthday with Elvis Presley, January 8th. So I've always had a little soft spot for Elvis, and I always said how, when he was alive he always said how cool it was sharing a birthday with me. Thank you, E. <laughs> no, so being born Elvis, I have this little you just have that little connection. Do you have do you share a birthday with somebody? Some well-known person? You have a little connection with them. It's nothing. I mean, it's nothing real. I never knew Elvis, I never met Elvis or anything, but hey, we're born on the same day, me and Elvis, and also David Bowie too. So I got some some rock royalty in my on my birthday. Um, so that I've always had that little Elvis connection and because of that, and then, then when, uh, I, when I was in public relations, I used to go to Las Vegas quite a bit, a lot of conventions in Las Vegas. And I used to have clients that would be at these different conventions. And so, um, I went to, I stayed many times in the, in the inter, it was the old international hotel where Elvis performed when he played in in vegas first and there's a big elvis statue in the now i think it's a hilton but it was called the international at that time um but uh you know there's a big statue there i actually met colonel tom parker one time when i was in las vegas for a convention because it was elvis's birthday and he was appearing and i actually met colonel tom who was elvis's manager who is not well, um, from what I understand, not well portrayed and deservedly so in the new Elvis movie. Um, He was a carnival barker that saw money with Elvis and he exploited Elvis quite a bit, which is sad. But you can also argue that if not for Colonel Tom, maybe Elvis would not have been as big as he was either. So once again, a very complex legacy surrounding Elvis and the people around him. It it really is. It's it's not it's not clean cut. There's a lot, you know, as I said before, the drugs and all the other stuff, the excesses. Um I mean, don't forget when Elvis Elvis you know, Priscilla Presley, Elvis's first wife, you know, he met her when he was in the army in Germany and um she was 14 years old. <laughs> He actually brought her home with him. And I think she may have been fifteen or sixteen. Now she he got permission, legal permission from her from her parents, but and I think they got married when she ultimately when she was eighteen, but you know, Elvis was was in his mid to late twenties by that time. And so that was there was weirdness even there. That doesn't get publicized very much, but there was a little weirdness going there too. Um, so I, I actually met Colonel Tom. I've been to Vegas. I've been to Graceland a couple of times because I had to make my pilgrimage for my fellow birthday man and and a prominent figure. And there's a kitsch value, and there's no question. I, I bought into the kitsch value of Elvis. Because his popularity was 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 by the time I became aware, I mean Elvis was already past his prime to some extent. Uh, by the time I, you know, became aware, I mean, I was born, but I wasn't aware of what was going on until you know you're seven or eight or nine years old. But I knew Elvis was. Everybody knew Elvis was. And I'm not a huge fan. I've got, I've got Elvis Presley albums, certainly, but uh, I, like I said, I appreciate the song, the, especially the early stuff, is is what I like most. Although, I love uh, "Suspicious Minds" is probably my favorite Elvis song. That are in the ghetto. Although I, I love, uh, can't help falling in love with you is also a great one, but, um, but anyway, uh, but so the whole Elvis, you know, being a pop culture fan of and being a fan of kitsch and being born Elvis's birthday, this Elvis Presley ban on Elvis weddings did hit me personally because. For my fifth year anniversary, my wife and I went to Las Vegas for our fifth year anniversary and we renewed our vows at the Elvis Chapel. And Elvis, (laughs) the Elvis impersonator at the Elvis Chapel presided over our vowel renewal in Las Vegas for our fifth year anniversary. And we've got pictures with him. We've got an autographed picture by this Elvis impersonator, and uh, this was before, you know, cell phones recording, so we don't have it recorded. But uh, we've got photos, and so I I bought into it too. I I wanted to get. I thought it would be fun and cool and kitschy. To have an Elvis wedding, our original Elvis uh, wedding wasn't an Elvis wedding, but our fifth year vow renewal was done by an Elvis impersonator at the official Elvis chapel in Las Vegas. So I'm condemning these these Elvis impersonators and these Elvis chapels. At the same time, I also supported them, as I said before complex i do hope that elvis and his reputation gain more respect because he does deserve it for what he did for music and for our culture so i do hope that 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 revitalization and that reinvention of, of elvis works and that there will, he will be given more respect for what he did and what he represented in music especially and i hope the cool elvis will come back if these elvis impersonators are helping more than hurting we shall see if they're helping him keep his elvis's legacy alive in some way if 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 any publicity is is better than no publicity then i guess they are doing their job but i my hope is that elvis's true legacy and his true musical importance will gain a respect and Elvis will continue to be uh, his legacy will live on into the 21st century and beyond and not be viewed as a joke but be viewed as something important and relevant and something to be celebrated and something that is relatable in 2022 and what the heck And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there, and don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs, too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 316. I'm Jim Toronto. I am here on business. I'm only here for fun. You can listen to Halton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen. Thank you. Thank you very much.